Welcome to the Amazon Hustle Podcast, hosted by six-figure Amazon seller and Amazon content creator, Lewis Moore III, aka LM3. Join Lewis every Friday to discuss all things related to running a successful Amazon business, including interviews from other successful six- and seven-figure Amazon sellers. Now, let's start this week's episode. But first, don't forget to like and share the podcast on your social media accounts. And pretty much, John, can you just let the people know who you are and what it is you exactly do? Sure. So my name is John Mascarello. I'm Side Hustle Experiment on Instagram, also YouTube and Twitter as well. Uh, I'm a full-time Amazon seller. been doing this about uh, close to four years now. Uh, I started with books, then got a warehouse, went into bulk books, and now I am transitioning out of books and doing pretty much all online arbitrage. So um, when you first started, you started with books. Can, can I ask what made you want to start with books instead of like private labeling or just going straight to online arbitrage? Sure. So I actually really started flipping actually furniture on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, like so couches? Get, yeah, ca- not couches, but tables were okay. really big. Okay. Uh, basically like the people are always trying to get rid of tables and chairs and stuff like that so i get them for like 50 and then sell them for like 250 oh wow uh, so i did that almost like the first year and then i went home uh, i'm originally from new york i live in pennsylvania mm-hmm. now and i was like oh i can't sell anything like this really sucks because like i was in new york and pe- i and i would say it's like oh, i'll be back from new york and they're like nah like we found something else so I was oh like, wow damn like i need something that you know could operate without me or mm-hmm. something like that so i started googling around and came across a reezy resales video of course and, of course yeah, <laughs> yeah and he okay. was talking about selling books <laughs> and going to the thrift store i'm like this is whack like i do not think this is true or whatever right. but i was like whatever i'm one to put up money to like give something a try um you know never know so i do it go to a thrift store get the software or yeah, and just use my phone. Um, and I found like eight books. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. like it was good. And I was like, I don't know if these are even gonna sell. It took me probably like three hours to like figure out how to even list them. <laughs> like, you know, it was just like one of those things. And I do think a lot of people sometimes really overthink it. Like when I started, I really got the knowledge as I needed it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know how to list, I didn't have a dyno, I didn't have all the stuff I have right. now, I was just like, okay, first step, I got the books. It's like, okay, now let's watch something like, how do I get these listed? Or mm-hmm. like, how do I print? And then like, you just progressively yeah. go on. Um, so yeah, a book I got, it was selling for, I think it was like $34. It was the very first book that, I don't know if I scanned, but I bought. Mm-hmm. And on the back of the book, it said it was selling for like $25. That was like the price it was supposed to be in the store. Right. There's no way. So I send all the books off. I think I sent like eight books by itself. So I definitely- that was so. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> so your first shipment was eight books to Amazon. Yeah. Okay. I'm the kind of person who I don't. Not that I don't care about money, but in the, I was just so excited to get started. You wanted to like, have a proof, I want to see a proof of concept. Works. Yeah. So like, right, yeah, right. I'll pay two dollars to ship the books. Mm-hmm. Each book there, I want to really see like if this works and like right. how it works. Yeah, I think my first like two, I had no idea. Like I said, I didn't watch any content previously, so mm-hmm. I didn't know people are sending Home Depot boxes. I was like, oh, <laughs> I need books. I'm gonna send eight books or whatever. Right. Um, 
so and then sure enough two weeks later that book ended up did sell for like 34 dollars. oh wow so like, that had to be a great wow. a great feeling yeah so i was like okay like th- there's something here so i'm like all right like let's kind of do a little more mm-hmm. um and then i just kind of as soon as it started working then i got like the scanners the software the de- all that stuff um a really big proponent of investing in software and tools to help you go faster uh not necessarily you know kind of scan with your phone and keep doing that like that's fine but i mean a lot of people are doing this now so you got to be like quick you got to be right. fast. you gotta like if i'm if we're going to a thrift store and i have all the tools like i'm going to destroy you if you right. have nothing like so and that's super frustrating for you and kind of like doesn't help you like Bro. want to do more of it because you're like right. this is how it goes and it's like no like if you get the right stuff like you can compete um so yeah i just did that and then basically did that for about a year and a half ish mm-hmm. uh, i was still working a full-time job and then i wanted to get into bulk books because i was tired of driving around the thrift stores i was doing tons of trips like i probably traveled probably within like a two-hour radius uh like every weekend it would be like i'm gonna go to this city and the mm-hmm. next weekend it was this city and then it was the other one i just kind of had like this rotation going uh so i do like pretty much every friday saturday uh sometimes sunday mm-hmm. kind of started in there and yeah then i got into bulk books because i was tired of doing that and then yeah worked out of some storage units um and eventually got the warehouse i'm in today nice um I'm kind of like a couple of steps behind you. Like I've been selling used books for almost about, it's going to be about two years now. And um, I just like a week ago, I sat down and I was thinking to myself, okay, because I believe when people first start selling used books, I think a lot of people start selling used books because it's cheap to get into. You don't need like a lot of money to start. And a lot of times when people don't have a lot of money, they have a lot of time. So yeah. you can, so like you can spend that time going into the thrift shops, looking for these books, but as your business grows, you start to get more money, but you have less time. And now I'm at the point to where I have a lot less time and a lot more money. Pretty much. I have more money to spend than I can actually spend going to these stores, looking for the books. And I was thinking to myself, I'm spending 15 to 20 hours a week in these stores looking for these books and I can be doing that sourcing on um, online or like doing something else to make more money. It's just not, it's just not um, smart of me to continue doing it. So now I'm moving into doing bulk books, which I'm, which, um, which um, I'm in Germany. So it's not hard to get books, but it's a lot more of a process that you have to go through to actually do it. So I found a couple of suppliers and I did a test buy. I just actually got the books today of like 50 books to see if the books were in good condition and things like that. So, so they were actually good. So I'm going to start doing that now. So I'm actually looking forward to not being in thrift stores as much yeah. and just having the books come to me. Are you buying like Gaylords of books or you're buying them by the box or? um They don't, they don't do gate. Well, they do Gaylords, but it's not a, a Gaylord. It's called a, a, a palette of books, but it's pretty much like a but but it's pretty much like a Gaylord, but it's packed into separate boxes. So it's by boxes. But, oh, okay, okay. But that. it still equals up to b- between 700 to like a thousand books for each okay. for like each palette. Um, my question is at what point 
because you said that you just sent in the first eight books to see if it actually worked and then you sold that first book but at what point did you get to did you realize that this can actually be something that you can quit your full-time job and and this could be your full-time thing oh definitely within the first year because the first year i think i was just shy of a hundred thousand and said oh wow just from books yeah all books from Um, going from like going to thrift shops yeah okay yeah and that's what a lot of people i think sometimes they don't understand a lot of like what's on youtube is yeah you just go to thrift stores but no one really talks about kind of like you gotta take like road trips like your thrift stores even if you have the best thrift stores they're just not getting enough material Mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to build what you need to replace your full-time income most likely Mm -hmm. um or maybe they are like everyone's different everyone has different goals need different amounts of money or whatever right. but for me i wanted a lot more mm-hmm. um than what was just in my local area so basically yeah i did the road trips and i just basically didn't like my job um when i first got there after the first year we kind of negotiated something with salary and it was like hey if i do a good job they'll bump me up like five grand or whatever the hell it was and when it came time for like the annual raise they're just like nah like we already gave you a raise and i was like no like that that was different so that that, that's when it kind of clicked and that's how this whole thing even started i would just like i can't let someone be in control like that of like how much money i can make and like doing shady stuff like that Mm -hmm. so and then yeah after i was like i want to do this full time by after the first year i started you know i knew more bigger players in the community you know i was on instagram i became friends with a lot of them mm-hmm. and i just started seeing like the progression and then it was when i started bulk i was just like okay like i was planning on doing like cherry picking but knowing that i was going to get into bulk right and then i was so happy i got into bulk because literally when i quit my job like COVID happened like two Ooh. months later but I was in bulk, so like it was fine. You already had it going. Yeah, I lost one supplier, and then luckily found another one. Um, and yeah, I was able to go through. Okay. Uh, doing that, but yeah, all the thrift stores were closed uh, by me. A lot of them weren't taking donations. Um, it's kind of like a really big mess. Yeah, I know. I started selling on Amazon like maybe two months before they closed down all the thrift stores and all the stores here. And what actually I like, I was, I, I don't, I don't want to say I was freaking out, but I pretty much was freaking out. Cause that's where I was getting all my products from. Yeah. But then I, um, I um, met somebody on Instagram and then they told, cause I didn't know anything about, cause I'm, cause I was pretty, pretty much like you, I just jumped in there. So I didn't, so I didn't know like a lot of things. Like I didn't know about being ungated in different categories to sell different things. But then somebody was like, why don't you just get ungated and groceries and i was like what you can sell groceries on amazon and then they explained it all to me and then i and, and then i thought about it the only stores that aren't closed during the um pandemic is grocery stores so yeah. i got un- so um i got ungated in groceries super easily and then i started selling in groceries so for the whole time because we were locked down for like we were locked down twice though the first time was, was was like six months and then the second time was was like three months but in that first time I started selling nothing nothing but groceries and I was able to continue to grow my business until everything opened back up and then I started going back to books so now I sell books and groceries what made you want to not go grocery like hardcore 
because there was because there was literally nothing 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 else open like i like i couldn't sell anything else and and um i could have done online arbitrage but i didn't but like i didn't really know about that yeah no yeah what i did that's one of the things i wish i did i was aware of all of like kind of the different business models just mm-hmm. from like kind of consuming content but a lot of it was you know when you get you become friends with people and yeah. you know when you run like with the same crowd like everyone like poo-poos on like all the other models for the most part it's like no like books is best or oap prep oa to prep is like everyone has these very strong feelings about like whatever they sell or of course do. and people are just like oh oa ra like prices just tank and this and that and I was like always kind of like afraid to like even like go there and like try it because of that. You're spending a lot more money and things were going well anyway. Right. And then I started doing it and I was just like, oh, like it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you probably send books in and then like the price falls out and like that technically tanks. Like we don't yeah, really of course. talk about it that way as people talk about it with like OA and other products, but yeah, no, it's just super interesting. I really like online arbitrage. I definitely wish I started that a lot earlier. When you're, when like you are not when you get bulk books, but right before that, when you're doing really good, doing, um, doing cherry picking with the thrift stores, what is your family and your friends saying about, about your business? Uh, they, my, fa- they didn't really understand it. They, were kind <laughs> of, they knew I was flipping furniture. They thought that was like kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started Amazon, like my parents like still really don't understand it. I mean, they understand what I do, but it's just like funny now. Uh, like my mom will order something on Amazon. She's like, it has like one of those weird labels on it. I think like someone like a seller must have sold it or whatever. <laughs> or she's like, she's more like, hey, like, uh, how do I return like something from like, <laughs> it's more stuff like that. Right. But, um, I think like once they saw that, like, I was able to quit my full-time job. They were mm-hmm. like, oh man, like, it's damn, something like, real. Real, like if he's making decent money doing this. It's just like crazy. Right. Um, and they're like, oh wow, that's like crazy. And then they just all started asking me questions and how they could do it. No one's really done with those. So. Of course, people, people, people like the, there's a saying, which I don't really know how it goes, but it's at first they make fun of you, then they ask you questions. Yeah. But then I think once the people, most people that ask questions, they really never take the adv- advice and do anything with it. Exactly. And I think it's like, I think book selling is actually harder um, to kind of talk. Like, I almost feel like when you think like private label, wholesale, even it's though sexy. it's sexy. Cool, like, yeah. Oh, you're ordering from a supplier, there's pallets, like yeah. all this stuff is flowing and like, Oh wow, that sounds cool. But like, we're like, oh, I go to the thrift store, <laughs> like a battery charger, just like scan all these books. They're like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? Like, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I think it's harder for them to visualize, or it just seems more silly than like, um, you know, having like a warehouse or like something that's like more physical or right. easier to understand. I guess exactly. Okay, so you're selling books. You're doing good with books. You said you were just shy of doing a hundred thousand in your in your first year, right? Yeah. So what made you want to start doing online arbitrage also? So I did about I think a hundred the first year, two hundred the second year. And just in books. Just in books. Okay. And I started the second year, I started eBay a little bit. 
think we only did like 10 grand in eBay. Were you, were you, sorry, sorry. Were you selling books on eBay also? Yeah. So I started, once I started doing both, I realized I could like lot up books, their older books. Like Mm -hmm. you start seeing these like sets and like, as I got more ingrained in the community, I was like, huh, I wonder if this stuff sells. Mm -hmm. And then as I got more into it, it went really well. And I think last year, Oh, I think it was 450 we did. Yeah. On Amazon or eBay? Uh, or all together? Amazon and about 50 eBay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And But during that, like, restock limits hit. And oh, yeah. How did that affect you? It was terrible. So basically, like, before, I basically, when I quit my job, mm-hmm. COVID hit. And then I literally get the warehouse in February and then restock limits it's either early February or right after that uh restock limits hit and it was like I had unlimited storage right I could send as much as I wanted or I don't even know what they call it anymore but um then they were just like all right you can only send like 8,000 books I'm like all right like no big deal that's fine like because of where I was I think I had like 4,000 books I'm like okay by the time I get up to eight like this all this stuff will probably be over like it's gonna be fine and then it went from eight to like four. <laughs> no, it went to eight to six thousand. Then it went down to like four thousand. And they're like, you can't send anything. This was literally in the span of weeks. Oh wow. <laughs> and then it jumped up to like 45 and they chopped it down to like 35. Oh so wow. basically I was just like clearing out inventory like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um I was mainly all FBA. Okay. And then there was like a handful of merch fulfilled. Okay. Uh, that I would do, but like most of it just went FBA. So then I had to figure out how to do merch fulfilled, which it seems like on paper, it seems like, oh yeah, like instead of sending them there, like you just send them yourself. Mm-hmm. But figuring out like how to create like a ticketing system. So like when I first did it, I was like, all right, like no big deal. Like they're all kind of in order when they sell it won't be that hard to find. And it was like, after about 100, 200 books, it became real hard, like to find the type, because there were no labels or anything. So I was like, all right, I got to really figure out how to like make tickets and do all this other stuff. So I started using this software called ScanLister. And basically that has a merchant fulfilled ticketing system. So I started printing tickets in the books and like really started organizing them. But still, like having to ship them out every morning, um, you know, it became much more complicated, the business, because now all of a sudden you're scanning a book and it's like, it's either good for FBA or it's not, mm-hmm. or sell back your book or whatever. But now it's like, oh, should this go Merchant Fulfilled or should this go FBA? Um, trying to figure out like what was a good point. And a lot of it was like, sure, you could... Um, put in the triggers that you need but a lot of it is like was dependent on how much space i had in fba right because like i would rather have more of them in fba than mm-hmm. myself um so yeah it was a constant battle to try to figure that out and then as they kept like cutting them like i do have youtube videos being like amazon doesn't want booksellers anymore <laughs> and all this stuff and i don't know like how true that really turned out to be but I don't know. I definitely, once I started doing OA, I could see why um, 
I think Amazon would prefer stuff like that over books. Because it sells because it sells faster. Yeah, it sells faster. Most of the stuff you're sending in or I'm sending it, it's lighter, it's smaller, it mm-hmm. sells quicker. Uh, for me, like for OA, I think my ASPs are at like 30 or 40 bucks. So oh, wow. I'm definitely making more money off the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that is kind of what got me into it. It was really hard to kind of balance both uh, books and online arbitrage. Um, so yeah, just recently I decided to stop doing books totally. Okay. Uh, so what made you decide to stop doing books? Cause, cause it was just too hard to juggle both of them. Yeah. It came to a point where I had to make a decision because books, while it was good, I was starting to lose interest. Not that that's good. <laughs> like sometimes when the business gets boring, like you have to like bear down and do it. Mm-hmm. But I just saw there was such a bigger opportunity to do online arbitrage. I was sitting on a lot of capital because when the restock limits hit, like I had plans to do like truckloads and all this other stuff, but none of that made any sense anymore. Like to spend all the money that I was making and on books just made mm-hmm. no sense, right? Because like at one point I could have bought, like I would have like an infinite amount of books that I could have bought, mm-hmm. but then you have to hire people to like scan all that, right? There's only so much. I had a helper at the time. So it was just basically the two of us and someone mm-hmm. was listing the books. Um, so like kind of three people, but it's like, if I can't send most of these FBA, like I don't want to be merchant fulfilling all this. And even if we were merchant fulfilling, like I only had, like I didn't buy the warehouse, get the warehouse thinking that I was going to merch fulfill. Mm-hmm. It was going to be all FBA and then eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a really tough decision, but for online arbitrage, I just feel it's for me, it's more scalable. Um, it's definitely been a difficult road to kind of figure it out. Uh, but I feel like I'm finally starting to like hit that stride where right. it's all starting to come together. Nice. Nice. Um, with books, do you, okay. What do you think is the best way for somebody to like first get into selling on Amazon FBA? Hey, do you think it's with books or do you think just jump straight to online arbitrage or retail arbitrage or. I think most people should probably look at all the models mm-hmm. and see what, like for me, I always liked books. So, and was into books, even like when I was little. So like that really like, I like that idea of like selling books. Like, I don't know. I just liked it. Right. Um, obviously capital is an issue. If, I mean, if you have like a couple grand or whatever, you could definitely start with online arbitrage and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or retail arbitrage. I would say books are probably the, I go back and forth on this because after doing online arbitrage and kind of getting started with that, um, I feel like books, if you want to geez, do like two or $3,000 in sales, it requires a lot more. Like you would cut, you need a scanning software. You basically need a list a listing software. You would need at least a printer or a dymo just because like it gets way too much doing 30 up as you're sending lots of books in um and repricer because now you're probably have like 500 ish to like a thousand books in there so you need a lot of stuff with online arbitrage 
you don't need a listing software because you're buying like all the same item, mm-hmm. right? If you're buying 10 of something, it's like super easy. Like you could probably get away doing the 30 up labels because you're printing all the same stuff. Right. Like you could just list 30 things. Like with mm-hmm. books, you don't know how many you're going to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and you just need Keepa and like, that's pretty much all you need. And you could use like something like Celeramp, which I use. Um and that's all you really need. So if you have the capital, I almost think it's easier to get started with online arbitrage mm-hmm. and just start buying stuff and learning than it would be books. But books also give you a good opportunity to really learn how the process works as well. Cause you're doing right. a lot more volume, mm-hmm. getting a lot more books. And so there's more touching, but yeah, I don't know if I had to start all over again, I'd probably start online arbitrage. Nice. I know from what you said that with doing online arbitrage compared to books, the process and the things that you need, like one is much, um, not much one is, is less than the other. Cause I know, cause now I do retail arbitrage and I do books and I'll do retail arbitrage. I already branched out. Like I do groceries, toys, home goods. Like I pretty much do anything that I can make a good profit on. And I know I ship on Wednesdays and I ship on Sundays. So when I, so when I sit down to do my creation, I have on one side, all my retail arbitrage items. And then on one side, I have all my books and I can literally think like, wow, with my retail arbitrage, I only need to list maybe six items. Maybe it's, maybe it's like 200 of them, but I just need to list six of them. But on this, I got 300 books. I got to go through each one of them. I got to grade each one of them. I got to take off price tags and see if there's any markings. I got to put notes in them. I got to do all this other stuff. So I do agree that selling books is very, um, not very, it's a lot more invasive, I guess I want to say than just doing retail just doing retail arbitrage or, or doing online arbitrage. But I do believe that if you first start out doing Amazon FBA and you don't have a lot of capital, like if it's under $500, then I really think that books is the, is the way to go. But I know in the, in the back of my head, I don't always want to sell books. I want to move to doing something else. Like I, like I use it as a stepping stone to get to the next thing. And that's kind of what I had, I like kind of forgot that. So like when I first got selling books, my idea was always to go to like probably wholesale or something mm-hmm. like that. And so it was really hard to let go of books because I was doing like really well. Like I had the best year last year and I was just like, it's so hard. It was basically what also hurt a lot. Um, so basically we got killed on a lot of different angles. Mm-hmm. So with like gas prices and everything. So like my supplier started charging like two cents more per pound. Oh, wow. it doesn't seem like a lot, but, but that's it adds like up. $20 a Gaylord. Mm-hmm. So times that by like, it's an extra 200 to like $300 a load mm-hmm. times four. And then Amazon's increasing prices. So like you can't send as many in like the media mail price is going up. Mm-hmm. So that hurts like how many merchant fulfilled books you could send. So it's kind of like getting hit on all angles. Obviously I could have like pivoted and like figure some other stuff out, but I don't know for me, I just did not like what happened with the restock limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, it just really made me think when they're like, oh, you can only send in essential stuff. That was the other thing. You couldn't send any books into Amazon at one point okay. in the US because they were like, you, the only thing you could send in is essential goods. That's it. So we had no idea how long that was going to last or whatever. Um, so I was like, if that's the case, like, why wouldn't I just sell it's, it's, like 
stuff it's that's going to sell the most and people right. are always going to buy. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like in my mind and I was just like, you know what? That might be like the better option for now and for the future because I don't know, as Amazon grows and morphs, they're going to do what's better for them. And obviously they started with books and they'll continue to sell books. And I do think books, you could definitely do books. Like there, I know a lot of successful people who are mm-hmm. doing figures in books and were friendly or whatnot but it's just not the path i want to take at this point you 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 know something that i that i've noticed and i don't mean this in a bad way but i have a lot of bookseller friends who do six figures seven figures i have a couple who do seven figures a, a year then i have a couple of online um arbitrage or retail arbitrage of a mixture of friends who do that amount too and all the booksellers look so much more miserable than the online sellers. Cause like the booksellers are like tucked in their warehouse covered, covered in books. And then the online arbitragers are like on their sofa, just, just ordering products and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was another eye opening kind of thing for me. Uh, when I went to my, every time I had to go home to New York where I was like traveling to a conference or whatever, it was always like, Oh, I have to get back to the warehouse you know, there were books there, like, even though I had a helper or whatever, it was just kind of like, I went to this conference, um, I don't know, or I think it was early February, and basically, it was awesome, like, it was a lot of fun, like, I knew a lot of people, at this point, I know a lot of people that are going there, and a couple of them were like, hey, we're gonna get, like, an Airbnb, and mm-hmm. stay, like, an extra week, like, do you want to do that, and I was like, oh, I'd love to, but, like, I gotta get back to the warehouse. Like I shut off merch fulfill. Like I have eBay stuff going on. Mm. And then like on the plane ride home, I was just like, damn, like I, I mean, obviously I, I was there. I was doing online arbitrage like before the conference. Like I easily could have stayed for like a week if I was mm-hmm. just doing like online arbitrage because like it doesn't matter. Like because like I could be anywhere. Like right. I work with a prep center, so I don't have to touch anything. So I mean, I could have just ordered everything to the prep center. Mm-hmm. And like not how to worry about it and that i was like you know what i definitely want to do that like i'm tired of having the warehouse and like find help and do all this stuff so that's kind of was another kind of like aha moment was just like you know what like i'd prefer to do this like it is stressful at times but everything is stressful yeah. every business model there's no one stress free yeah. i mean i get so many questions now on instagram or whatever and a lot of people, I think that is almost one problem that a lot of people almost can't, they almost think there's an exact answer for everything. Like today, yeah. someone's like, oh, what percentage of revenue should I be doing before I get a warehouse? There's like no number because if I'm in Pennsylvania and you're in California, you need to do a lot more money because the rents are much higher there mm-hmm. than they are in Pennsylvania. Like, um and it's not just about rent at all like when I got a warehouse I was like all right this is great that I was like oh like I need to buy like a forklift I need a dumper table I need to buy so like there is probably like 20 grand that was spent on like equipment mm-hmm. then like you're gonna have someone probably help you mm-hmm. so there's just a lot to think of and I think people think that there's just like one number or one this or that and it's really dependent on your situation exactly um I had a question. Oh yeah. You said that you use a prep center. Could you kind of explain what a prep center is and um, the process of it? 
Yeah, so a prep center is basically exactly what it sounds like. So basically, instead of sending the book or the books, the items I'm buying for online arbitrage, I have it shipped to a prep center in a tax, a sales tax free state. So what that means is if I were to buy this like glass and it was $2 or let's say it was $10. So the math is easy. Um, I'm in Pennsylvania. I have to pay an extra 60 cents for that. Um, but shipping to a uh, sales tax free state, I just pay the $10 and then I pay someone to prep the inventory. Now I probably wouldn't send something there as $10, but the idea is if you're sending items like $30 and above that the money you'll save in sales tax pay for the prep. Ah, so basically okay. there is the, all, all my inventory is sent there. They get access to my inventory labs and like partial permission to my Amazon account. Mm -hmm. And then they send in all the inventory on my behalf. So I'm not creating shipments or anything like that. If something comes busted or it's wrong or whatever, we have a shared Google doc, they send pictures or whatever. And then we kind of go from there, but it's one of the fastest ways. That's really how online arbitrage was able to take off so quickly for me. Cause I didn't have to prep everything. Mm -hmm. I was, I did have a run in with a very bad prep center, um, which really was not good. They held about like almost 10 grand worth of inventory for like six weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, but that's finally like resolved and I'm working with a new one. But yeah, basically you're, instead of you doing the prep and a lot of people who you talk to say that's one of the first things you should outsource. You should probably spend your time sourcing profitable products and doing like bigger picture stuff than just sticking labels and pulling off stickers and stuff like that. Okay, um, so with your prep center and you, and you moving to online arbitrage and not doing books anymore what are you going to do with your warehouse i'm most likely going to get rid of it the lease okay. is up in january i think mm -hmm. i still have a little longer there um so we'll see what happens i might talk the landlord's pretty friendly so i might tell him that i don't need it anymore and it's his like personal like kind of garage -ish. okay it's like a five bay garage so he's storing like classic cars in there and stuff okay I don't know if he'd want it back or whatever, but I'm just going to throw it out there if he wants it. And then are you just going to chill on a beach with a laptop and just order order things all day? Uh, not yet. Maybe a couple of years from now. <laughs> but, uh, no, I feel like that's like really hard to, it's like you, so the one downside, I think a lot of people think like books, like, like you said, like you're basically going to a thrift store, you're scanning through everything. You are doing that, but it's basically online. Right. So yeah, it's a little bit more comfy, but it's not like everything you look at is profitable. It's just like books. Like you scan a thousand, maybe, I don't know, whatever, a hundred are good. So you have like a 10% acceptance rate or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like we're going through products after products. Like we probably look at, between me and the VA, probably close to like six to 8,000 products a month just like going through, going through. Um, I mean, obviously we're not taking like, some of them we're just scrolling through. We're like, oh, right. we know we're good. And as you go through it, it gets a lot easier. You know what's good, what isn't good. Um, but yeah, you're still looking through a lot of stuff, but I'm starting to get to that point where it's like, wow, like I've probably bought over like 400 unique items. Mm -hmm. So once you kind of get to that point, 
there's stuff that like is still profitable. So now like you could just buy that again. Like you could buy stuff over and over Free again. Plans. And that cuts down on how much new stuff you have to source. Um, obviously it's just quicker. So once you start building up that base and then some of the stuff that's no longer profitable is no longer profitable, but then comes profitable as sellers show up off the listing or maybe things go on sale um, or maybe something is really hard to get in store. So you know where to get it. So then the price goes way up. So now you have like 400 kind of items that were mm-hmm. once profitable, still profitable. You can just kind of go through those, circulate through those. And then you could also look at all the sellers on those listings and see what else they're selling. So once you get the ball rolling, it definitely gets a lot easier. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. And it's still like not there yet, but it's getting much easier as we find more and more stuff. I know that um, I have been talking to a lot of Amazon sellers and like 90% of them do online arbitrage. So it's kind of getting my gears running too. So I slowly am trying to get into it, which I don't have any software that I know of that I can use in Germany. So I'm pretty much just doing it all the way manual. And um, in the morning, I say I like to use like an hour just to go through the, the couple of websites that I know and see if I can find any product. And it is so hard to find a product that actually can make, like, I think all last week I did it every day, Monday through Friday, at least, at least an hour to two hours. And I found maybe two products that I could actually sell. So I know it's hard to get going. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, that's how I started. I mean, I'll source um, at least two to three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just longer depending on sales and stuff like that. Now I have a VA helping me out. Um, so he's doing it full time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's like anything else. Like, I think one of the things that's really clicked for me as well is like we're buying lots. We now know of more sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to use coupon codes. So we're really digging deep to kind of find stuff that people might not be willing to like dig a little deeper for. What are your, I mean, we kind of covered it, but what are your future future goals? Like where do you, like, where do you see your business in the next five years? Uh, the next five years, I have no idea. Amazon changes so quickly. The world changes so quickly. Um, I definitely love doing YouTube videos, um, Instagram, social media. I love all that stuff, helping people out. So I'll probably definitely be creating content on whatever is popular. And then in terms of Amazon, I feel like there's a long runway for Amazon. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll get into wholesale or private label i'm not really sure but for right now i feel like you just have to keep going with the trends mm-hmm. um you know what's working now probably not going to be working in i don't know a month or two hopefully it is but for the most part you always just got to be flexible willing to pivot right and i think amazon really gives you the opportunity to do so there's just so many different business models that you could do so many categories you could sell, like you're saying, oh, you're selling grocery. Now you pick up another category and the possibilities are endless. Like if people no longer buy grocery on Amazon, well, you could like look on Amazon, see like what they are buying and start buying some of that stuff. So I definitely think there's a lot of future there and who knows what will happen. I mean, the third party sellers make up over 60% of their sales. So Obviously, I know their feeds go out every year, but obviously, 
I don't know. They're going to have to keep us happy. We're right. to keep them happy. So I do think there's a good future there. Um, it just really depends on what you do. Like anything else, like when the going's good, like do all you can because mm-hmm. it's, it's usually today is as good as it's going to be because it always kind of goes down a little bit mm-hmm. as, you know, fees increase or things change or more people come in. But I think there's a great future there. I don't really, I'm more of like a year to year person. I kind of have like, a, like, yeah, like a bigger vision, but like for the most part, um, I think things will be good for Amazon. I know I wanted to ask you, um, you're very active on Instagram. I don't use Twitter, so I don't know how active you are on Twitter, but. Um... Uh, so, so on Twitter, more Instagram and YouTube. Okay. So what made you want to become a content creator? Um, I think it was really, I always was kind of, I've always had blogs and oh, nice before I even did Amazon, I had like a career blog that was pretty Me popular. Too. And I really liked the idea of like, when people would just write me and be like, Oh, thank you so much. Like you really helped me get a job or you helped me do this. You helped mm-hmm. me do that. Um, so I always like to give back. And then a lot of it too is I don't know. The most important thing you could do in the Amazon space is know the main players or be friends with them. Um, The group knowledge that is just insane. Like there's a ton of stuff that's just like not on YouTube and you really just have to know people like to solve problems now. Like I could pick up my phone and pretty much text anyone to solve any problem that I'm currently having on Amazon or like, have you bought from this store? Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, And the only, the reason I say that is not because I'm like so cool or whatever, (laughs) but like when you have like 50 to a hundred people that you're somewhat friendly with Mm -hmm. the amount of knowledge everyone has from buying from different stores or testing different things it makes it so much quicker um, to not only learn, but everyone has like little workarounds, how to do this store or this coupon code works forever or just like little things like that. And like, you're not going to find that. If you had to figure all that out by yourself, like one, you never buy that much product because you probably would run out of capital. But knowing other people are shopping at certain stores, you can now start shopping at that store and kind of use their techniques. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, really knowing the community and yeah, helping other people is definitely a lot of fun as well. I agree with you. I think, um, well, I I know for a fact, me starting my YouTube channel and kind of putting out um, Amazon content or at first I started as a reseller. I was selling on eBay and Amazon. Then I kind of pivoted just to Amazon, but just putting out that content and putting myself out there, I was able to meet people that I would have never met if I didn't yeah. do these things. And for example, when the whole pandemic happened and the um, lockdown happened, the person who told me to get ungated in groceries and to start doing groceries was a person I met because of my videos. So, so those are just things oh. that come. So I just like that also. My thing, my my next question is with online arbitrage and using prep centers, using that model, can a person not even in America sell on a American um, Amazon, but be in a different country? Like, does that work? I don't. So I don't know 100%. I get this question a lot and I'm always very hesitant to answer because it's not very clear from the information that I've been able to like come across. But if you could purchase from U.S. sites, 
from like Germany, I don't see why not. Because um, you can sell in the U.S. marketplace. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I don't know what the difference would be if, like, for instance, if I traveled to Germany to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I wouldn't be able to like continue to place orders right to my prep center. Right. Yeah. So I would probably say yes, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. What I was thinking is that's something that I want to do. I want to be able to, honestly, I want to be able to move back and forth between the States and in Germany. Cause my kids are here, but my family is in Germany. So I want to, I mean, in the States, so I want to be able to move back and forth. So what I would do, which I'm kind of a special case, cause I am American, but what I would do is I will set up a LLC in Wyoming. Cause in Wyoming you get, um, you can set up an LLC in Wyoming and you can get an address there also. So you can set up a bank account. You can, um, you can do all that. And then your mail that comes there, they'll scan it to you. They'll scan it and then email it to you. So you, so you get a copy of it. And then if it's hard mail, you could just have it sent towards you to you. But um, I'm going to do that and then just use that as my LLC to open up my Amazon store in the, in the States and then find a good prep center. And then, I mean, I'll have a um, credit card that I can use to or to order, and I don't see why it wouldn't work. But I was just thinking maybe you would know something that maybe why it wouldn't work. But I think it would. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why that wouldn't work. I mean, I'm sure it would. Because, like, I think as I just said that out loud, it's like, well, if I traveled to, like, hang out with you, like, I don't see why I wouldn't be able to still buy what I normally buy just using, like, Wi-Fi in Germany. Yeah. Um. One of the the question, the last question I like to ask all my guests is, do you think it's possible for anyone to start selling on Amazon FBA and to or to start selling on Amazon and quit their nine to five and become a full time Amazon seller, or do you need special skills or a special talent? Uh, no. I mean, anyone could do it. Uh, you don't really need any special skills or talent. I mean, I think it's more, it's not the skills that you need. You have to be willing to learn skills and um, really work hard at it. I think if you could work hard and like be willing to learn new things, I think, yeah, anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. But if you're kind of looking for like that laptop on the beach kind of life. That um, get rich quick scheme. Yeah, like money flowing to your bank and all that stuff. I mean, that's one of the hardest parts I feel like, and it's not really talked about as much. Uh, I feel like, especially in the Amazon space, like the people who do really well, um, you know, once you get to know them, they're like awesome people, but you also realize how hard they work Mm -hmm. and you don't really see that on Instagram. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people that I know they're working a lot on the weekends and nights and stuff like that. They also like take a lot of time off, but you know, anyone could do it a hundred percent, but it's going to take, you probably a good year to like fully fully understand like what's going on how it works i mean someone actually michaela i mean she just did um hundred thousand in a month yeah crazy which is awesome so i mean yeah i don't think she really had any special skills or anything like that Mm -hmm. actually good friends with her so i mean yeah it's definitely possible for anyone um you just have to be willing to put in the work Awesome. Um, a question I forgot to ask you is, well, it's a two-part question. Going from having your full-time job to now being your own boss, was that something hard 
to kind of transition to. And the, the second part of the question is what is your schedule? Like what does like a normal day for you look like? Okay, so the first question, um, it's not really, I feel like, so what I did, which I would suggest anyone who's working. So I basically had, I think, I don't know, maybe 16 days of vacation. So what I did was I took two weeks off, mm-hmm. like fully, and like basically pretended that I was full time. Nice. To find, to get what it would really feel like, like, what would I do? What would I be doing? How would I be doing it? Does this feel cool? Do I like this? Do I not like it? And the first time I did it, it worked out really well. And I did it probably in the winter. And then I'm like, well, let's try this again, like in the summer. And then it worked again. And I was like, all right, like I'm all in on this. So the transition is definitely a little difficult Mm -hmm. for some because, you know, all of a sudden, once you do that, it's like, well, you have to make all the money. You know, there's no one kind of like holding your hand. It's like, if you don't feel like working, you don't work. It's possible you don't make any money that day or whatever, like take too many of those. And then you're kind of screwed. Like you could go to work not really that energetic and kind of like chug along and like doesn't really matter but like when you work for yourself like you got to really be on the ball and kind of like really put it in the time um my schedule is definitely all over the place uh i'm not really one to i'm trying to do better at it uh have like a set schedule like i do this i do that i do wake up really early i wake up at like five in the morning why Um, definitely i'm I'm a morning person okay i am on i like it um it's it's uh, peaceful many people are on instagram at five in the morning you know no one's really texting me um so yeah i like waking up early that's kind of when i do my best work so usually i'll wake up in the morning i will source um probably for about two hours it really just depends on the day um after that i'll review the leads the va sent uh give him feedback on that and then it just kind of depends. Um, I do, I kind of sometimes want like, oh, on this day, I just do YouTube on this. I just make Instagram, but I don't, I don't know. For me, I feel it's very hard to, if you watch my stuff, it's more like very in, in the, the moment. moment. Yeah. It's like something that happened. I'm like, like today, like I made an Instagram post about um, had like something about a feature in Kifa. And I was mm-hmm. like, it just came up and I took a picture and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to do a quick post on this. Like, it's hard to like come up with a week's worth of posts or something like that in one sitting for me. So I kind of like to keep it like moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's probably like a 5.30 start and then probably go to like five or six. And then just depending, I don't really look at it as work. Like I enjoy doing this. Uh, like I'll be just on my phone answering Instagrams, like respond to YouTube comments. Uh, I just like doing that. I don't feel like it's work, networking with people. I just love talking about this. So it's like, I don't know, it's Saturday at almost five o'clock here. And it's like, this is like fun for me. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm working on Saturday. I got to talk to, like, it's like, no, this is awesome. Like, I enjoy this. So I don't consider this work at all. But yeah, I mean, I feel like most people answer that question the same way. It's like, oh, we don't really have like a set schedule. Is, I feel like is. we see it on Instagram, like Elon Musk drinks one cup of coffee. <laughs> like, if like you followed him, I'm sure he's not drinking that one cup of exactly. coffee. Six a.m. every morning or whatever, whoever hell the person is. Um, so yeah, I just basically kind of do um, whatever. 
I do like to get sourcing out of the way because that's kind of the most important. And then, yeah, usually Instagram and kind of just chilling the rest of the day, making YouTube videos, talking to people, networking, doing stuff like this. Um, so, yeah, it's always all over the place. Um, I want to say this part before I forget it. Um, I don't I also don't have a set schedule every single day but I do have set days that I do certain things like Saturday is the day I know I got to shoot my videos, but I'm not going to say on a Tuesday on Saturday at 8 AM, I'm going to shoot three videos. Then at 10 PM, I'm I like, because I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah. I just, I just wake up on Saturday and know, okay, I I'm, I'm going to shoot my videos today. What time can I fit these in there? And I feel that that works the best for me. Um, but you, but you said something that is very interesting. You said that you took two weeks off, when you were working your full-time job, you took two weeks off and kind of pretended that you were a full-time seller and just kind of went through the motions of what you were doing. And I find that interesting because I still have a full-time job. And the only reason why I still have a full-time job is because the job that I have, I literally, I hope they're not watching. I literally just sit in an office and edit YouTube videos and just scam books all day that's literally that all that i do wow I'm, that's awesome <laughs> i maybe i do I'm, think it's definitely interesting in the world we live in now like i don't know if it's post-covid or not or what the hell is going on but um i think if i it'd be crazy to me if i was actually working i was able to work remote i would have been able to mm-hmm. um i think it's just a crazy opportunity like you said like if you're just going to edit YouTube videos and like, obviously it ties into what you're doing. Right. So that's like helpful. Like you're getting paid for like to learn more or whatever. Mm-hmm. For me, it had nothing to do with Amazon <laughs> or, or social media. Uh, so it didn't really serve that purpose, but yeah, I do think that's like super interesting. Like if I was doing OA, I don't know if I'd still have a full-time job, but I mean, geez, like you could spend two hours. I wake up at five. Mm-hmm. If I source for three hours, like I'd probably be driving to work. I mean, I'd have so much money because like you're making your salary and Amazon would be all extra and you just- Exactly, exactly. And everything Which... in a prep center, it's like, okay, cool. It'd be hard to leave because like it almost seemed like the job would be like free money almost. Yeah, you it, like. it is hard to leave, but it's to the point now to where I say in the beginning of the interview is when you first start, you don't have a lot of money but you, but you, but you, but you have a lot of time, but now I don't have a lot of time. And most of my time is being sucked up from this job because I'm stuck at this job. Like I can't move and go where I want to go or do what I need to do. Or like, I can't say, okay, today I'm going to go to my job later so I can do this. It's just this eight hour or 10 hours worth traveling. That's just stuck there that I can't do anything about it. But maybe you're ready then. Yeah. For me too, like with also that two week break, I think it's super important people someone was talking about this yesterday when I was watching, like, if you just have, like, a good month and people are like, all right, like, next month is going to be like this, too. And, like, it's not always like that. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully, when you first start, like, yeah, it's easy to, like, beat all the months mm-hmm. uh, back to back. But eventually, you know, some things are out of your control. But I also had, like, when I quit, I think I had six months of expenses, just personal, and then probably, like, another 20 grand, for like business capital mm-hmm. stuff like that um i quit in i think it was right after textbook season in january mm-hmm. so i knew i had a bunch of money coming in from that so yeah i would suggest like really planning it out 
uh, to like where it'd be like your most ideal time. Exactly. Or if you have money in the bank, right? That's the worst thing. If you just quit and then you're like, oh, like I need to make money. And then you start making all these bad decisions. So you want to make sure like you're prepared for it. And definitely, you know, you could sustain for like six to eight months. Yeah, that's 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 actually what I'm working on now is that I'm working on saving. I'm not the best saver. So, okay. so, so like, that's what I'm working on now. So that I don't want to quit the job, but also I know that this kind of job that I have, like in the back of my head, I don't think that I'm going to have it forever. So you if I would do that remote for pretty much anyone. On exactly. Exactly. So, um, I'm just trying to get to the point to where if I did lose that job, then I, then I wouldn't have to go to another job. So I'm not really trying to like quit this job anytime soon, but I do want to be prepared if something does happen. So I would say like one of the biggest things I also did is you could take, um, I don't know, whatever number you think you're going to pay yourself, mm-hmm. take that out of the business bank account or wherever you keep your reselling money every mm-hmm. month oh, or do okay. it like you would two weeks. Right. Cause then like you really know like what it's going to feel like when it comes out. It's one right. thing to be like, Oh yeah. Like I'll take out like five grand from the business. Like no big deal. Mm-hmm. But then when it actually leaves the account, you're like, Ooh, oh okay. yeah damn like that was like yeah it's going back to you but you're like oh like if you did that the first month and then like mm-hmm. you're struggling to pay like your credit card or whatever for like or whatever expenses you have for the business and you're like maybe i'm not ready to take like just five grand out yet right I mean, it's not a big deal you just transfer it back but like to get that full feeling like kind of like quitting the job for a week like what does this really feel like obviously you don't know but like try to get as close to it as possible this way you really know what it's going to feel like if it's working it's not working mm-hmm. for me when i did that i was like oh that's not that bad like no big deal and it actually almost motivated me to like source more so there was more money in that account oh, wow. okay it just really depends but i feel like that's the big hardest part for most is the money aspect and like because mm-hmm. once you like do the transfer like you'll know what i'm saying it just feels different and you're either like Oh, okay. It's not that bad. Or like, oh man, like, yeah, I'm not ready for this. I really appreciate you giving me this time. We went way over the time that I thought that we would take, but it was good talking to you. Um, John, where can the people get in contact with you? Instagram is probably the best at side hustle experiment. And I'm also on YouTube at side hustle experiment. Um, I'll have all his links in the um, description of the, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be in the the description of the video. And if you're listening on your favorite um, podcast, if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, then it'll be in the description there. So, John, thank you so much for giving me this this time. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. You have a good day. All right. You too. Subscribe to Lois's YouTube channel to see the podcast in video format and to learn how to start selling on Amazon.